We've all been there. You have an unexpected medical expense. Or you get into a fender bender. But you don't have the money to pay for it immediately. Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that could help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, finally get your car repaired, or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. To download the Dave app, go to dave.com today. That's D-A-V-E dot com. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Yes, guys. This week, we are once again proud to be sponsored by the PE Passport, which is now available online as well as through the app. You can access the full account through your PC or laptop and track and record your lessons this way. You can also now upload pictures and videos in this section, allowing you to create a complete library of attendance, assessments, and evidence. Just go to primarypepassport.com. Remember, if you quote two Mr. P's in a podcast, you will get 10% off. And if you are teaching PE, this is an absolute must in your classroom. Hello and welcome to another special edition of Two Mr. P's in a podcast with me, Mr. P. And the other Mr. P. And we are back for another one of our Chinwag sessions and we are delighted to be joined by former Blue Peter star, television and radio presenter, screenwriter and now author of children's books such as the Cookie series, Fearless Fairy Tales. It is none other than Connie Hook. Welcome, Connie. How are you doing? Good, yeah. Sun is shining today. Everything is good in the world. Yeah. Touchwood. My children haven't uh, infiltrated our podcast yet, although this is the <laughs> opening minute or so. So, yeah, things are looking up. Yeah, it's quite an early start. I really, really pre- appreciate you uh, fitting us in. We're recording this. Well, I'm saying it's early on a Saturday morning. I don't know about you. I know it's fine for Adam. He's normally up quite early on, on the weekends, aren't you, Adam? Yeah, it's it's been I've been up since six. Um so it's it's lucky really. I've had time to get myself ready, but then I realized that people will only be really listening to my voice. So I could have just <laughs> stayed in my uh pajamas. <laughs> but uh no, I'm normally up with the two youngsters, uh, but they've left the house, so we've got no chance of them infiltrating the uh the podcast. Uh-huh. So How it, old it, are they? I've got a two-year-old, just turned two boy, and I've got a, a little girl who's close to five. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Early risers, yeah. Oh, How about yeah, yours? the earliest. Mine are six and eight. And yeah. yeah, mine are in the habit of getting up at about, at the moment, they used to get up at about in between seven and eight. But for some reason, they're going through a phase where they're up at like six as well. Really? It's no fun. No. Yeah. See my, my yeah. So I've got my, uh, I've got triplets, um, wow. and they are turning ten next week. So they'll be turning ten on the third of April. So we're sort of through it now. This is like the last weekend because 
with the roadmap, we're coming out. Well, on Monday is when we're the starting back at the sports and stuff. So the one benefit mm-hmm. of the whole lockdown is when it came to the weekends, we could sleep in because they're at an age now where they can go down, they get themselves their own breakfast, they watch TV. Yeah. Um, so as of next weekend, it's going to be full on football on the Saturday, rugby on the Sunday. So yeah, I think tomorrow, Sunday, I've got to make the most of a line because that'll be it now for the for- foreseeable. <laughs> I, just want to, I just want to congratulate you as well, Lee, because uh, this chinwag with uh, the amazing Connie Hook, you've mentioned the triplets in record time. So <laughs> well done. <laughs> he loves to get in. With anyone we speak to, he has to let them know that he's had triplets. It's just a must. Well, it's because that earns a bit of respect, doesn't it? Because for, like, for the mother, for the mother. Yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. But yeah. yeah, and that's what I mean for Lee's partner. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do much. To be fair, it was all Claire. No, I mean, I mean, if we're in the presence of fellow parents, I think that's where you can really, not necessarily brag, but you can, yeah. Earn brownie points. We know what you're trying to do. It yeah. won't work with us. We're just respecting Claire, <laughs> not you. The credit's all hers. Yeah, it is. It certainly is. Um, so thank you very, very much for, for joining us today. Uh, delighted to have you with, with us. So you've had plenty of success with your presenting career and now your work as an author. So do you want to tell us about the book that came out in October, The uh, Fearless Fairy, Fairy Tales and The Trumple Stiltskin? Yeah, so basically it's a compendium. Fearless Fairy Tales is a compendium of modern day fairy tales. So it's all your traditional classics, but they've all been sort of updated for the 21st century. They've got new twists, new messages. Um, so you mentioned Trumpelstiltskin. Um, yeah. It's Stiltskin, but it's about a sort of crazy little orange man who's obsessed with money and gold, funnily enough, and it's very <laughs> greedy. And um, yeah, yeah the, the message in the story is greed doesn't pay. Um, but there's all sorts in there. There's Sleeping Brainy, um, whose dad, the king, wants her to be a princess, but she wants to be Chancellor of the Exchequer. Um, yeah. There's Gretel and Hansel, who work in a sweet shop. And um, Gretel wants equal pay because Hansel's getting paid way more than her. Um, by their boss, Winnie, um, who's a bit of a character in herself. And then there's like Moldy Socks and the Three Bears, which is all about a boy called Moldy Socks. That's his nickname because he's got Moldy Socks. He's got a pile of them in his bedroom because he can't wash, he can't tidy up, he can't do anything other than play on his iPad. He's got a gaming addiction. Uh, so much so yeah. that one day he's out gaming and he gets lost and ends up in the forest where he happens on the cottage of the uh, three bears. Um, there's Rapunzel, who's a rapper who goes on Kingdom's Got Talent and <laughs> the judges love her rapping, but they hate her long hair. Um, there's the pickled mermaid who's worried that she'll be the last mermaid left in the sea and then get pickled in a jar in a museum because climate change and plastic pollution and so on is destroying all the uh, ecology and wildlife in the sea. Um, there's the gingerbread kid whose people are being eaten in fairy tale land. So him and his parents come across the sea in a boat to live in the UK where he gets bullied at school till actually the kids realise he's the most interesting kid in the whole um, 
building with stories of cats in boots and giants up beanstalks. So there's loads and loads of different, yeah. there's 16 stories in total and they're all based on something that you'd recognize. Yeah. And they've all got a good message as well. Yeah. Which is, which yeah. is important. I mean, I love the concept and it, it might sound pretty obvious, but you know, what was, what, why do you feel that sort of tradi- those traditional fairy tales needed a big sort of modern revamp? Yeah, I mean, traditional fairy tales have been passed down for generations. Like, for instance, Rumpelstiltskin is thousands of years old. And, um, you know, there's versions of Little Red Riding Hood where Little Red Riding Hood gets eaten by the wolf. There's other versions where she slays the wolf. You know, so stories that are passed down from generations, they do get changed and mutated and they change with the times. And these aren't to supersede the classics, they're to go alongside. In fact, you'll get way more enjoyment from the book if you know the tongue in cheek sort of humor uh, and you know the original story. Um, So basically I would read my kids' stories ever since they were babies really. And I read them all the sort of Ladybird classics. And it struck me that A, some of the messages are a bit outdated. It's all sort of damsels in distress and knights in shining mm. armor. And I thought, you know, there are really good messages in those fairy tales, but you can have damsels in shining armor and you can have knights in distress. You know, it's okay for boys to be sensitive and cry. It's okay for girls to be chivalrous and brave. Um, and also lots of them lack humor. They're yeah. quite dry. Um, so I thought it'd be fun to, you know, flip reverse things a bit and um, add a bit of humor in and modern messages and yeah they really laugh out loud and um the illustrations are brilliant they're done by this guy rick and parrick um who's really good at sort of caricatured funny cartoony illustrations so he's done he's really brought the stories to life real and um Mm. go on adam you're gonna say something no i was just gonna say it's i love the idea and i love the I, i mean Trumple Siltskin as a play on words. I mean, that is, I'm all about that. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because a lot of the stories came together from the title. So it's like Goldilocks, what moldy socks, you know, just funny plays on the titles. Um, And I don't know, there's like uh, Cinderella in the glass zipper becomes Cinderella in the comfy old trainer. And, (laughs) you know, um, we've got a Snow White and the five-a-side football team. Yeah. All about, you know, Snow White, who's really into football. Um, so it's just really fun seeing what you could do. There's um, Robin Hood and his not-so-merry men. And, uh, you know, we've called him uh, Robin Hood because he's a Robin Hoodlum. Um, and so he's Robin Hood for short. And he steals from the uh, poor to give to the rich. So, you know, it's just sort of playing around with the originals, really. Yeah. We had a uh, we had a, an exercise years ago when I first started mm. working in schools. We had a, an exercise where it was like take a classic tale and change it up a little bit. And I remember helping this child out, and I said to the child, "What do you want to do it about?" And they said Cinderella. So then we mixed it up and did it about a guy and called it. I think it, we called it something like Danarella. So it was yeah. a guy called Dan, and then he lost a crock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he lost a crock pump. I mean, so. Yeah, I feel like I could have helped that a lot on that book. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can help out with the sequel. The but sequel, exactly Danarella. Kids, yeah, exactly. And kids can relate to this stuff and they can laugh at the humour that yeah. sort of pokes a bit of fun at the originals. So it works on like loads of different levels, really. Um, you know, we've got Jack and the Baked Beanstalk. 
and he finds these magic baked beans and uh, he grows this beanstalk and all these giants come down and live with the villagers alongside them in the village. And then um, the village elders don't like it that the giants are like sort of taking their jobs and like, you know, living <laughs> in the house. And stuff. So they vote to chop the beanstalk down and send all the giants back up. So Jack loses his best friend and the village is really empty. Um, and, you know, so it's just having a lot of fun with sort of modern day sort of tropes and messages. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, the character there of Trumple Stiltskin based on, uh, you know, who is there anyone else? Any other famous figures that inspired yeah. the character? Did you mention Greta? <clears throat> so basically, um, we've got uh, in in Cinderella, she's got two sisters, Kim and Chloe, who have a reality show. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so when the prince, prince has this idea to have a find a wife for, you know, they do lots of makeup tips and stuff on their reality show. They want to give Cinderella a makeover because they think she's really sort of dowdy and sort of frumpy. Um, we've got, um, uh, instead of the um, Snow White and the Seven Doors, I mentioned it, Snow White and the Five-A-Side football team. Yeah. And the five-a-side football team consists of ginger, posh, scary, baby, <laughs> you know, and, and they're all they all sort of have their own characters of like so sporty's really good at football, but then posh doesn't want to, you know, get any mud on yeah, on yeah. his clothes. And then, you know, baby just sort of um is very good at dribbling. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's like that. We just sort of have real fun with it. And then in the end posh ends up so there's they're playing this team called the poison apples because you know it's all based yeah. around snow white and actually posh ends up marrying um golden delicious balls beckham um <laughs> but it isn't beckham obviously but it's based on 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 beckham so um yeah there's uh simon scowl in kingdom's got talent who's the head judge yeah. um you know who's sort of a you know, is very unimpressed by everybody in a in a judging talent show style way. Um, so there's, uh, yeah, there's loads of sort of little nods to people. Um, in um, Robin Hoodlum, uh, the you, uh, I'll I'll leave it for you to find out. But yeah, you might recognise the not so um, the 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 scary men become the not so hairy men. It's a bit convoluted. <laughs> you have to read the story to find out. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in the ending but yeah they're also based on some telly favorites so yeah there's lots of sort of little cameo appearances in there sounds like it'd be quite good fun for the uh for the parents when they're reading it as well some nice little callbacks to their youth because uh, yeah i don't know if my kids didn't know who the spice girls were to be no honest. and that's, that's the thing scared. you don't need to know who the spice girls are at all because it's yeah. just a fun quirky story but if you do, it's funny that all the characters in the five-a-side football team have the same names yeah. as the Spice Girls, um, <laughs> you know. And, you know, I don't expect kids to really know who Kim and Chloe are either, particularly. <laughs> oh, you'd be um, surprised. Oh, really? Maybe well, they do that. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, they'll know Simon Scowl, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's funny. It's like, um, do you ever have those moments now where... It, something pops up where your children are like, who's that? And you go, like, who are the Spice Girls? And you go, surely you know who's yeah. And then you realise it was you like don't... 20 years ago. Yeah, I know. It's, it feels like yesterday, doesn't it? It's so yeah. true. But even, you know, t people that are like um, 
you know, I don't know, young adults, for instance, won't know some of the reference that sort of older adults know, because everything moves so quickly in media yeah. world nowadays. And yeah. lots of sort of celebrities are sort of flash in the pan, but yeah. they could be really massive at the time and then they sort of fall into oblivion. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Chesney Hawks. I mean, yes! he must. I mean, if any yeah. kind of teen knows who Chesney Hawks is, then it's yeah. because parents are one hit wonders fan. Simple yeah. as that. I know, absolutely that. It's so funny, isn't it? And then people like Bross. Do you remember Bross? Oh, they were so Bross. massive. They were huge. And now there was that documentary like about them now. And so loads of people will be like, who are they? You know, so it's, yeah. It's, it's basically it. we're old guys. That's what it boils yeah. down to. Yeah, I, I've got a, I've got a 70 year old stepson as well. So he's turning 18 later mm. on this year. And I have these moments with him. I was trying to think, like, I think we had the music channels on the other day and a, and a, and a song came on and I'm sure it was like Notorious B.I.G. Mm. <laughs> Didn't have a clue who he was. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. It is mm. absolutely uh, crazy. So well, I wonder, is it to them? Like, is it <clears throat> our parents were, I don't know, listening to something from like the 60s or something? Do you know what I mean? Like Motown yeah. or something. Is that how they think of Notorious <laughs> B.I.G.? Old folky music. It's so weird, isn't it? It's like really uh, surreal. Yeah. But I'd become my dad because we used to, you know, I'd I'd stick Kiss on when whenever we're in the car with my dad and listen to the likes of BI and he'd be there going, This isn't music, this is stick yeah. mud on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, it's like it's like that thing though, isn't it? Where when you when you were younger and your parents had listened to a song and it'd be kind of a bit of a cover or they'd use a sample of it and they'd go, This isn't a touch on the original. Why why are you listening to this rubbish? And then now everything that's coming out is like a dance remix yeah of a classic tune and it's like you just can't oh, don't don't listen to this one listen yeah. to the listen to the old one yeah 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 they've ruined yeah. it they've ruined it it's but so it's true. like it, it's like third generation so these songs coming out now that which were a cover of a song from our time which was a cover of a song from <laughs> our parents generation it's uh yeah scared yeah just realizing you get you're getting on in life. That's the that's the thing. That's the sad reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um did the did you know if the book reached uh across the pond in America uh once Trump did lose the election? I think I, it I, yeah. It's funny because when I first I'm not on any social media. Right. Um and like I wasn't on Facebook or anything. And then if some a few years ago, I had to get on Twitter for a job. Mm. And I remember, and I wasn't really used to Twitter. And you know, the thing about social media is it's all sort of liking and thumbs upping and sort of everyone's sort of backslapping each other. And I because I hadn't even been on Facebook or anything, I'd feel the need if I did a tweet to like answer people's replies. So, <laughs> yeah. you know if someone came up to me in the street and asked me a question, I wouldn't just walk off. It felt too weird not to. And even now, to some extent, I've got that mentality. And, you know, you quickly realise that if I do this thing, nappies will go unchanged, vomit will go unwiped. You know, it's a wormhole, <laughs> isn't it? And I remember early on, like, one of the tweets I did was about Trump. And it was just a silly tweet. It was literally um, lesser-known fact. 
um, Trump's hair moonlights um, as Dougal. Do you remember Dougal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's just a joke. It's tongue in cheek. Yeah. And I got all these like American Trump supporters, like seriously trolling me and sending me loads of hate and stuff. And yeah. so there was a thing where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want this book to come out in America. And there <laughs> yeah. is actually a standalone book of Trump or Stiltskin. It came out as its own book. Yeah. Um, but he really has such militant supporters that Crazy. can't even take a joke. I know, literally, like, you know, my husband once did a thing and he was getting death threats. I mean, really? yeah, so, yeah, so, um, yeah, touch wood, Trump is not aware of Trump or Stiltskin, uh, and I don't think he'd like it very much either. <laughs> I mean, I, I do wonder, with an ego like his, is, does he just go around thoroughly depressed now? Because he knows that he's had to concede that he lost the election. Has he just sort of got the utterly feeling abject and rejected and like having the sinking feeling? He must be really sort of depressed. I don't think he I think he's that he's he's convinced it was all rigged and he never yeah, to, like, do you know he's that much of a yeah. narcissist that and all this and, and then that's the thing, it's all his supporters can't realise that he is the biggest joke. Yeah. <laughs> Go in and they're just so but that's what social media can do. You can end up living in your own little echo chamber. Yeah, where, that's it. Yeah, know, so he's completely it. boosted by all his sort of cronies. So yeah. you're probably right. It doesn't even touch him. He still yeah. feels sort of loved and supported and like he won, really. Yeah. Um, yeah well, he's talking about true. going again in 2024, isn't he? He's mad. He's mad, mate. <laughs> Really I is. still, I still find it, I still find it unbelievable. Whenever you watch like any documentaries about like Trump and his rise to power and stuff, and then you see like him on The Celebrity Apprentice and what he used to do when he was just kind of like, you know, a rich celebrity in America. Like he did that roast, the Comedy Central roast. Oh my gosh, it's so weird. People were saying about him, and then suddenly he's the leader of, you know, he's the president. I sometimes I was like, what is this real? Like, yeah. It's I know. The equivalent of like a Love Island star getting really popular on social media. Then it's suddenly like, we've got, you know, a, a Love Island star as the PM just kind of going yeah. like, yeah, what a recouple with Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon. I'd like to recouple, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. To be fair, like though, we sort of have, don't we, with in England, we sort of have a type of, because, you know, Boris Johnson, for all his faults, what he's done is he's played the long game. I watched a documentary about celebrity and it had a little uh, sort of section on him about how he played into the celebrity, uh, being in the spotlight, being this sort of jokey character when he was running for London mayor. And that really put him in good stead for when he then pushed on for the prime minister job. So in a way, we've sort of got our version of that celebrity in, in Boris, I think. Yeah, the thing is, I remember, you know, when I was really young, <laughs> um, Ronald Reagan com coming into power and yeah. people over here were like, he's an actor. That's yeah. so mad that an actor has become president only in America, sort of rolling eyeballs. But the thing is, if you're a celebrity, you're already PR'd. People already know who you are. They feel that you're a safe, safe pair of hands. So already on any ballot paper, You've got an advantage when people look at Joe blogs, Peter 
so-and-so, you know, Julia, what's her face? You know, and you think, I haven't heard of any of these people. And then you go, that's that jokey man off, have I got news for you or whatever? <laughs> and so really, I mean, celebs do have this sort of unfair advantage, which isn't always sort of for the greater good. No. But the minute... Uh, he was running for candidacy. And I remember loads of people going, eh, he'll never get in. I did say to my husband, he will become president. Yeah, He will become president because people know who he is. And in America, you know, that is just going to propel him. And yeah, yeah and I did. think, And I think it was, uh, it was um, it, within the mix of the social media uh, and, and the sort of campaigns you could put through with the whole fake news and how, None of that has been regulated or fact-checked. I think that helped his campaign even, even more. Yeah, definitely. And that's the problem nowadays with social media and, you know, with this sort of frenetic world that we live in where literally you can see 24-hour rolling news, there's a million channels on TV, there's a million podcasts, a million radio stations, you know, a million social media platforms. There's so much out there. Yeah. That it's you're almost overwhelmed by it all. And so you don't have time to sort of find out what's true and what's not. No. And the truth doesn't even matter. It's yeah. the perceived truth that matters. Yeah. And even half of the time when people find out it was lies afterwards, they can't be bothered to care about it because we've moved on to the next thing. Because everything yeah. is coming at us so fast now. Mm. It's such a sort of complex society that we live in. I mean, so much on offer. I'm so, I'm so glad that uh, obviously he's not president anymore. And if we can take anything out of his presidency, it's the amazing Trumple Siltskin book that <laughs> been able to, yeah. you know, we've been able to have. So every cloud, I say, every cloud. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it will be a collector's item to remember exactly. that weird, that weird time in yeah. which there was this bonkers president. <laughs> yeah, and there yeah. are funny nods in the book. So, um, Trumple Siltskin. Uh, the character basically no one knows why he's been nicknamed Trumpel all his life and they think it's because he farts a lot he trumps all the time because he has a terrible diet of junk food and fizzy drinks and he lives in this country called the USK which is the United States of craziness yeah. and basically ever since he was a baby he always throws these tantrums and he just wants sort of power money and gold that's all he's ever wanted and he has this like golden high chair and that he throws his tantrums from and um so he joins the family business and he accrues like all these like um sort of offices and golf courses and buildings and he lives in a golden tower called trumple tower but he wants more and more and more and none of it is enough um so he decides he wants to be king and he flings the current king and his daughter into the dungeons and um, and then he sets about trying to like cover the palace in gold, um, but then slowly the the town runs out of gold. So he starts taking the gold from all the people, and then he's like stripping them of everything. And there's this one bit where he goes, you know, he banged his tiny little hands on the table um, in a tantrum, and, and and basically, you know, he still wanted more. It wasn't enough that the people were now starving and without proper health care, you know, so there's like loads yeah. of funny nods to the actual yeah, yeah. Um, situation without sort of, yeah, being too blatant. Probably. And then he, want, he wants the daughter to spin, spin um, gold from straw. And yeah. so then it's sort of the classic tale yeah, from yeah. there. 
gonna say it's a bit like some of the Pixar films where some of the jokes just go above the kids' heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. There's some things that it doesn't matter if you don't know because it's still just telling the story, yeah, but yeah. it works on two levels. Yeah. So just going back to the social media side of things, was that <laughs> was it a case of never going on social media at all or was it you tried it, didn't like it, and then it wasn't for you? Never at all. I'm sort of yeah. too lazy. You know, yeah. you it, social media is like, I mean, I was never on Facebook because I kind of just like my friends in real life. Yeah. And I'm very much a phone friend. I'll chat with people on the phone, yeah. um, which I don't think young people do as much. They sort of just sort of text and do, yeah. you know, Facebook messages or whatever the current thing is, TikTok WhatsApp. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. WhatsApp. Um, so... I was never sort of on Facebook or any of that stuff. And then, but then, you know, I didn't miss it. I guess you don't miss what you don't know. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, you know, for celebs, I think it's a PR mechanism almost. Mm. They, it's to sort of get more popularity, more fame, more money, more jobs, more endorsements, more this, more that, you know, yeah. it's kind of it. It is a full-time job. It's like they are a brand and they have yeah. to keep tweeting about what's going on. And so I don't know, that wasn't for me. I was sort of happy with my lot. I'm yeah. not particularly in the need. I don't know. I don't need a clothing range or a makeup range or, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm it's it didn't really interest me. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Phone calls, going back to phone calls. I mean, I, mm. I rarely. Mm. Do you remember when there used to be like an upstairs house phone, a downstairs house yeah. phone? Yeah. I always remember when Lee, because we're, we're, we're brothers, obviously, and there's another brother. So there was a battle over who could speak to their friends or the girlfriends or whatever it was. But I remember that if you, if you picked up the, the <laughs> upstairs phone tactically, you could listen yes. to the conversation yeah. that you the other could, person was yeah. having. And honestly, you should have heard what he used, the lines he used to come out with to all his uh, <laughs> old claims. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I so so remember that. But I also remember, like, you'd pick it up. And then if it was for someone else, you'd be, like, yelling and, like, you know, are they in the house or whatever? You don't even yeah. know. Hang on a minute, I'll go and find them. Oh, now I have to, you know, it's all that stuff. And we had, the, did you have a push button phone or one with a dial? Oh, a push button. A push yeah. button. Because we had one with a dial. And in Ealing, all the numbers start with nine, nine, and then nine, nine, seven, nine, nine. So you have to just go the whole way around and wait yeah. for the thing to go back. Oh my Take gosh, I'm sounding so old fashioned now. <laughs> I know. Ronald is... Reagan is president and now the phones. It's... I know. Definitely, you're definitely know. not that old. <laughs> That's the sad reality. How have you found the whole home learning? Terrible. The worst yeah. part of lockdown was homeschooling. What yeah. about you? I mean, having three must be. Well, I guess I guess they're all learning the same thing at the same yeah. time, There's which the advan- is probably better, actually, isn't it? Yeah. So having three all in the same class, all being set the same work, was I think a lot easier than having three yeah. separate year groups. Um, but even as a teacher, I struggled with it. I mean, you can yeah. give a class of 35 kids any day of the week over my three because it's just a different, different dynamic. Yeah, uh, they don't act the same way with their parents as they do with their teachers, and that's that. <laughs> it was really painful. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, but fingers crossed we're, we're through it now. We can get back to that sort of 
no normality with a bit, a bit yeah. of luck. It won't, um... Touch wood, homeschooling will never happen again. I shouldn't say yeah. such bold statements. I'm touching wood. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we don't know for sure. No, but, no. Yeah. And it only takes, only takes a bubble going down and then it's certain classes. The amount of teachers who've got in touch with us over the past couple of weeks saying that they've been back for like a week and then one child's tested positive and the classes right yes yeah so i think it'll be a little while yet before it's uh completely back game over yeah i yeah. totally agree but i'm hoping it's uh if there's one you know a couple of positives to take out of it is that you know a lot of parents appreciate a little bit more of what what teachers do and you know the curriculum we have to teach. <laughs> I mean, I think in general, it's really been good for flip reversing what people respect yeah. in that, you know, it is that support system of key workers that yeah. really are the vital people. And, you know, all the other things that might have felt impressive before, you know, I don't know, bankers or whatever, you know, actually that isn't, you know, those aren't necessarily the people that should be the highest paid. In yeah. fact, they shouldn't really. No. Um, you know, and even celebs and, you know, footballers or whatever, you know, is it proportionate, the amount of money people are getting for what they're doing? Yeah. Um, you know, well, because skill guess... is something as well. Like, if you've got really good footballing skills, part of it is sort of the luck of the genetics that you've been given as well, isn't it? So. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. Carry on. You no, no, say. I was going to say, uh, it, I, I sort of agree with you, but if you if I was to put that out on Twitter, <laughs> it'd be, you'd be asking for trouble. Oh, yeah. Seems... Well, that's probably why I'm not on social media. I'd be cancelled in two seconds. You know? <laughs> yes. And I'm, I'm not saying those other things shouldn't be high paid, but surely NHS workers should yeah. be getting a lot of money. It just doesn't tally, does it, really? Not yeah, it's, I mean that the, the whole kind of pay rise thing at the minute is is an absolute joke. But just going back to say when you're saying about like the respect levels and and parents having to homeschool, the funniest bit is hearing because a lot of teachers, teaching assistants get in touch with us through the podcast and everything, and the amount that have said like you know the the parents that refuse to admit that their child's the problem. So if you've got a child making the wrong choices, who are you know basically toe rags uh, in class and you know making the wrong choices and then you try and tell the parent listen this you know your child just hurt that child and they go no way no way my tommy <laughs> would never do that and then you know two weeks of homeschooling suddenly you, you ring up how's tommy getting on <laughs> help <laughs> yes it's just that kind of like i don't want to say i told you so <laughs> <laughs> so true yeah yeah so let's talk about your other books, uh, Cookie and the Most Annoying Boy in the World. Um, yes. I didn't know you'd met. I, yeah, I don't know. I didn't know you'd met Adam before and based the whole character <laughs> on, on him. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, these books are, I like to put them cross between Wimpy Kid and Bridget Jones. Right. So Cookie, like chaos, follows her about everywhere she goes. Um, she's always felt like a bit of an outsider 
um, until her best friend joined the school. And then in book one, which is cooking the most annoying boy in the world, her best friend is moving away. So she's absolutely distraught about that. Um, then this new kid moves into town who she finds intensely irritating. And um, to add insult to injury, she really, really wants a pet. And um, there's this sort of um, kitten that she's more or less adopted in her local pet shop that she sort of goes to visit the whole time. And this irritating boy, um, which is probably why he's the irritating boy, um, sort of buys it from under her nose. Yeah. Um, and what it is, is it's sort of the story of everything that happens to her, but you also see what's going on in her head. So she has these flights of fancy and she extrapolates situations to the extreme and she sees the absurd in everyday life. And let's face it, life is getting more absurd by the minute. And yeah. so inside, like there's loads of sort of little illustrations. Strike! Tell me something I don't know, Ump. Well, unlike that nasty curveball, there aren't any surprises when you finance your next car with Carvana. You get real terms personalized for you right in your strike zone. Really? Steerite! How am I supposed to focus when you're telling me about Carvana? Well, Slugger, you gotta keep your eye on the ball. Just like you can keep an eye on your customized down and monthly car payments. I can customize those? He's out and on his way to finance his next car with Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get pre-qualified today. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. We've all been there. You have an unexpected medical expense. Or you get into a fender bender. But you don't have the money to pay for it immediately. Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that could help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank finally get your car repaired or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. To download the Dave app, go to dave.com today. That's D-A-V-E.com. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Some comic strip pictures yeah. of what's sort of going on in her head, sort of funny scenarios. And so, yeah, this, the, the actual narrative is everything that's happening in the story, but you kind of get to go into her brain yeah. um, as well. So yeah, it's it, 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 it's fun to write because I can go off on lots of tangents, which is what my brain tends to do, which is what Cookie's brain tends to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's been really, um, it's been really good fun writing and illustrating them. And they're really laugh out loud. And also they're sort of full of um, stealth education, stealth themes of inclusivity and diversity. Um, and I'm hungry. Just go and eat something then. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> there we go. That was that problem solved. Um, you know, uh, she's really into sort of science and um, learning. Her and her best friend collect funny long words that they like. Things like, I don't know, troglodyte, which is a cave dweller, someone that lives in a cave. And to defenestrate, means, which means to throw out the window. Um, and funny yeah. stuff like that. And then there's lots of sort of fun activities in the back of the book, which are things that appear 
in the story. Um, yeah. So they're kind of sort of interactive and work on many levels. So the first one is sort of about the setting up her world and her friends um, and the characters um, and the teachers in the school um, and what she thinks of everyone and what everyone thinks of each other, sort of the dynamics. Then, and there's a sort of a theme of science and education, but very stealth, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like hidden vegetables in a pasta sauce. Kids won't realise they're getting the, the education. They just think they're getting yummy pasta sauce, but actually you've snuck the carrots in there. <laughs> the so it's just day. a funny laugh out loud book, but there's loads of good stuff sewn in there. Then book two is all about climate change and saving the planet. And that one's called Cooking the Most Annoying Girl in the World in the Interest right. of Equality. Um, so no, you'd met my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the whole family. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the next one will be Cooking the Most Annoying Kids in the World. No, <laughs> so I'm not going to do that one. Um, yeah, so I've had really good fun writing them and you really get to dip into her head, actually, yeah. um, which is nice. So would you say Cookie is based, is it sort of based on you or is there someone else? that Loosely me growing up, I guess. Um, but it's kind of like a heightened caricatured version. She's got two sisters. Um, her middle sister's really into politics. My middle sister is now my local MP. Um, she's got an older sister, nine years older than her. She lives in a suburb in London. You know, there are, it's, it is loosely based on me, but sort of meshed Mama, with loads of people. Mama, cut that part out where you looked at me and cut this part out right now. You can't well, tell people which I bits don't know, to cut out. I don't know what to eat. Mm. Have some cereal, go and make some cornflakes. And get daddy, tell daddy. Get daddy to help. Okay, have, you can have. Okay, want. Special times, you can have whatever you want in the whole wide world. Get some sugar and snort it up your nostrils for like a. Um, anyway, yeah, so um, uh, the characters are sort of all based loosely on amalgamations of people I've met or encountered, or, you know, so Cookie is chaotic and frenetic and fun loving, and there's lots of situations that have happened to me that happened to her. In the first episode, um, she really wants to be on this quiz show that's on the telly um brain busters i was on blockbusters when i was yeah. at school she gets asked the same questions i get asked um her best friend is really calm and sort of relaxed and easygoing so it's a yeah. good sort of antidote to cookie um then there's this character susie ashby who's like the perfect girl who cookie finds really annoying who's got a sort of best friend that's like a mini me version of her um, so Susie and her mini-me version, Alison, go around being annoying the whole time. Then there's this boy called Axel, who sort of, they call him Axel. Um, I always look at the floor, Khan, because he's always looking at the floor. But actually, he turns out, you know, at first they're not sure about him, but he's really cool and he's a kind of fun, quirky character. And then there's Jake, who's the one that's the most annoying boy in the world. But actually, you know, Cookie might find him annoying because he's actually quite similar to her, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's lots of sort of messages sewn in, lots of dynamics and people dynamics and interactions, but lots of stuff that people will really relate to. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, loads of fun. I've also put in lots of sort of little fun things to do with sort of science, like there's little pie charts and graphs, but they'll be to do with funny things like the pie chart of, you know, what order people get picked for PE teams or, you know, yeah. A, di a 
graph of friendship or you know um, you must be you must Venn be diagrams you must be one of the only people who've used pie charts in adulthood. When you learn it at school, you're just a bit yeah, like, I mean, I'm going to use a pie chart. And then you've done yeah. it. So that, that's just going to prove to anyone teaching pie charts, you keep teaching. You never know what's going to happen with them. That, that was the only reason I did it. So that I could, um, so I could put it in the book. And actually the pie chart is, look, it's, um, it's a pie chart of, um, thickos it is so she's done a pie chart of who she thinks is thick who she thinks is in between yeah. who she thinks is clever you know and she's <laughs> and it's it's all from in her head so the source is it says underneath source national journal of thickos but it's you know cookie sort of saying uh there are so many thick people in the world there are way more thick people than clever ones you know she sort of goes off on one in her head the whole time um Anyway, so I'm like, so, so I'm like, I'm like that all the time when I'm just walking yeah. past. When I see everyone breaking the lockdown rules, everyone will be able to relate to Cookie's head thoughts a hundred percent because it's all those things that you think and you don't say really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, and there's loads of fun sort of lists and you know charts and you know. So look, she thinks Susie Ashby this character is really dumb and so there's a list like Susie doesn't know what voting is you know and she's like how can people not know what voting is and then you know Susie thinks you make tea by putting the tea bag in the kettle Susie thinks Topsy and Tim off the TV are real um, and then Susie uh, Alison thinks prawns are vegetables you know so it's this thing of why she thinks Susie and Alison are dumb yeah um, um, to, but you know, there's just funny, lots of funny stuff in there, and she always sort of is one of these that sort of exaggerates or extrapolates things to the extreme. So yeah. things aren't just oh, it's a bit annoying. It's like it's terrible, it's awful. And <laughs> so look, there's this cartoon here about her disaster of a life, and then she says, "My life wasn't really a disaster." And then. There's her work walking along and there's like a plane falling out of the sky, someone being struck by lightning, someone holding a homeless and hungry sign, someone falling down a pothole, you know, <laughs> someone being pickpocketed. And she's going, oh, my life is rubbish. I'm not on going on the quiz show that I want to be on, you know. <laughs> so it, it sort of puts things into perspective as well. Yeah, yeah. Sounds a bit like that Nikki Graham. Is it Nikki Graham? The old Big Brother contestant? Oh, yes, yes. Who yes. is she? Who is she? Yeah. Yeah, who even is she? Yeah, and young people do. I don't know if you've noticed in your kids, but they do tend to talk more in that way, I think. Yeah. Like, you know, than we used to. Like, if you think about it. Yeah, things are amazing. Yeah. But they're not amazing. They're just good. But people just get amazing, you know, (laughs) awesome. Because if you just say, oh, that's good. It seems a bit mild nowadays, doesn't it? Oh, that's nice. It seems like you're not really into it that much. So everything has to be like awesome and amazing and gross. And, you know, but nothing's just like, oh, it wasn't that pleasant. You know, (laughs) It was a mild inconvenience. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was so annoying. Yeah. you know, I had to put the rubbish out. It was so annoying or whatever. Anyway. And is the, is the STEM side of things, the science, is that something that you, you're passionate about um, and, and something that you, you really want to promote? Because obviously there's a, a big focus within schools about trying to get more girls into sort of STEM subjects at secondary. Yeah, so basically I was always... Um, 
into arts and sciences growing up. I loved drama and I loved sort of performing and I loved drawing, but I also really did enjoy maths and science as well. And people would ask like, are you an arts person or a sciences person? I think, well, I'm both really. And I was, I did science A-levels and my parents, you know, they came over from Bangladesh in the 60s and wanted us to be engineers and accountants and doctors and mathematicians because science was revered, you know, but science sort of has a bad PR over here. Whereas, you know, to them, it's like, what? You're going to be a TV presenter. What do you want to do that for? How tacky, you know? It's like, why don't you become an engineer? And it's only perceptions and it's cultural perceptions of, you know, what's perceived as glamorous and not. And it's time to sort of turn the tables a bit because like I'm saying, you know, it's, you know, finding a cure for cancer is way cooler than being on a reality show. And maybe that person should get, you know, more gratification. But we've kind of got, you know, weird sort of warped uh, views over here. And um, so, yeah, I, in this book, you know, there is a TV presenter character, actually, but she's a bit naff. And, yeah. that you know, and science is cool and it's fun. And Cookie's always saying that, you know, um, I love science. Because she says, you know, so in the beginning of the book, there's this about me section, which is like the sort of thing you get in a journal or whatever. And where it says favorite subjects, it says science. How can anybody not love science? It explains everything. It's thanks to science that human beings can build buildings, don't fall down, design cars and planes, don't crash and make medicines to help us get better. Without progress in science, we'd all still be cavemen running around in rabbit skins with sticks. No houses, no iPads, no TVs. We owe science a lot. And there's a picture of her as a cave woman um, <laughs> and with her best friend, Kazaya, and she's saying, I wish we had a TV. And Kazaya's saying, what's the TV? You know, yeah. and it's true. You know, without science, progress and innovation, we'd just be, yeah, nothing as a society. We were saying this on, uh, I can't remember, another episode about how, you know, you don't really know the name of the people who have created the no. vaccine. No, they should exactly. be the ones who are celebrated the most because without, we'd be locked in this mess for well, God knows how long. You know, so yeah. it, you're right. It's like we do have our priorities mixed up a little bit on who we should really value in our society. Yeah. And totally. Out of whole, yeah, because you've got whole... you've got a Love Island contestant at the Salt Bay restaurant getting like millions of comments being like, oh my God, you're an inspiration. And then you've got Simon, the scientist, who's come up with, you know, the amazing tech, uh, technology that's basically getting us out of this mess. And then, yeah. you know, the Salt Bay no restaurant is thriving. Yeah, <laughs> this is the problem. And um, the, the thing is, is that people think their happiness comes from this really material stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many likes they get or which restaurant they eat in or how nice their clothes are. But actually, you want people to like you for you, not what clothes you wear, yeah. you know, and not how trendy you are. You want them to like, you know, if you lost all that, would they still be there? Mm. And actually, with that is ultimate sadness, because the minute you can't sustain it, you you know, it's really hard to go without what you're used to. Once you travel first class, it's hard to go economy. Whereas if you don't know first class economy's great it's fun we're yeah. going on holiday going on holiday is good enough you know yeah. but we live in a world where we just want more and more and more and we think that brings us happiness but it means we set ourselves these goals that we have to keep up and that we get really sad if we can't match these high standards we set ourselves yeah you know 
And I said that I'm not on social media. And so many people that I know, my peers and people in the media, you know, they're like, oh, I have to come off social media for a bit. It's doing my head in or whatever. And there's a lot to be said for mental happiness as a, you know, and people sort of think this material happiness is real, but it isn't. You know, you are happy when you get the iPhone 1000, but until the 2000 comes out, it's short lived. And then the 3000 will come out and then there's the 4000. And then, you know, you when you crack the screen, you have to pay a million pounds to replace that screen, you know, and that's the thing. It's like you just start setting yourself up for this terrible thing of needing more and more. So then you have to be on Twitter because you need to have the makeup contract and yeah. the very .co.uk clothing or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, or go to the, you know, open the celebrity restaurant or, you know, have all that stuff to keep sustaining this lifestyle yeah. you're creating for yourself, you know. But it's all very hollow. Yeah, you get the chandeliers, but then you need to hire the chandelier cleaner to come <laughs> and clean the chandelier. You know, it's never ending is what it is, yeah. really. And you're right, it's hollow because then you start buying into friends that also do that stuff. And that becomes the sort of centre of your world. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, and you outsource everything. You need the gardener, you need the this, you need the cleaner, the housekeeper, the that. And so none of your experiences are real. So no. then you, you you need to sort of, I don't know, buy experiences. <laughs> and that is like doing the tweet that gets the million likes or whatever, yeah. you know. You sort of spend your life obsessing over these weird things. Yeah. And it's right because it's like we are almost conditioned to feel unhappy and depressed because the worst thing for business is happiness and contentment because when you are happy and content in the life you lead, you don't waste money on things, do you? You don't waste money on, you know, I think like the health and fitness industry is probably like the worst for this. It's like creating this idea of you can achieve perfection, which no one can, and you Mm. can do a milkshake that guarantees you drop five. Whereas if you're just happy in yourself, you're not going to waste money on those things, are you? And also, you you know, people seem to forget, like, you can just, you know, run in the street and you're doing exercise. You don't have to pay money to do yeah. that if you really want to do that much. And if you do it with a friend, then, you know, it's win-win as well. You're, you know, you can, I'm, I'm all for multitasking, <laughs> you know, and, you know, so... Um, it's funny. I've never, I've ne- never particularly sort of been a gym girl or any of that stuff. But on Blue Peter, when I used to have to get fit for a thing, like what I'd do is I'd do this thing. I'd be clenching my stomach the whole time, and then the minute it hurts, like I could be doing it now. So I'm chatting to you, and I'm clenching my stomach. Then you just relax <laughs> and do it all the time. And I do that in tandem with just raising. So I'm sat down now. If I just raise my feet a millimeter off the ground until it hurts, then relax. You know, and you can do it while you watch TV. You can do it while I'm doing a podcast, whatever. Whenever it hurts, relax. And that in tandem with, I do press-ups against the wall. So it doesn't hurt. You can do 60. And then each time you can go lower and lower, you know, on the top of the bookshelf, then work your way down to the dining table, then the coffee table till, you know, but every time it hurts, just give it up. And (laughs) then I'd work my way up till I could do like 40 press-ups on the floor. But over over a period of time, but I don't have to go to a gym. I can do it in the house. I can do it while I listen to the radio, while I'm on the phone, you know whatever um and you know i do think that people feel that i don't know i mean exercise is a funny one because i had the um, blue peter film coming up as my motivation you do need motivation in a lot of yeah. personality types but i'm really anti-consumerism i don't really buy anything 
and I do feel I'm a really happy person yeah. you know but I do feel the minute I get I, I will start falling into that world that I won't be because I'll just continually trying to keep up you know and i find that too much of an effort and a chore really. i feel like i'm gonna um, i feel like i'm gonna try and clench my stomach for the rest of the interview but you'll just hear me in a minute going ah! no the minute you're gonna go just relax and then yeah, the minute straight away again, uh, again, yeah. Oh, yeah but then each time you'll do it for longer and longer yeah. and longer until just, you can just do it all the time you have a really hard stomach um, I'm know. just imagining so many teachers listening to this thinking I'm going to do that while I'm teaching and then they're just teaching with a sort of you know, yeah. like, right children trip up one of the kids with the legs up off the floor <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh-huh. health and safety uh oh yeah 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 but so- yeah no I do think that yeah keeping things simple yeah is something a lot of us could benefit from in life and do you think that's been something that lockdown might have um, opened up? Oh. For people? You know, yeah. helped, you know, I mean, obviously there's been so many negatives. There's been so many, you know, hardships through this period. But like for, for us, we through lockdown, we've discovered walking around our local area, which we, we, we've probably walked. I probably walked more in the past year than I've done in my whole life. Do you know, just yeah. around my local area? Well, you learn that you can get happiness through the little things, I think. Yeah. by And, you know, people are spending more time than they ever have with their kids. Surely that's a good thing. Absolutely. You know, I mean, surely you had kids to spend time with them, not to sort of farm them out to a nanny or work nine to five and not see them and then put them in after school clubs the whole time or whatever. So, you know, it is... The problem is, is the nature of parenting has changed as well with the nature of society changing. Yeah. Um, in that, you know, I think when our parents had us, there wasn't so much pressure. You know, no. there wasn't so much competitive parenting and mine does yeah. this and that and goes to this and that and the other. And you wouldn't feel judged as much, you know. No. By- and I feel like in our society, there's this uh, expectation that for you to be a good parent, you have to be a working parent. And, you know, th- th- like my wife through my business does all the admin for my business but it means she works from home and she gets some of our friends who sort of judge her on that like you, you just sort mm. of, you're not you're not working like the rest of us and actually the way that work cultures changed in that you know it's mm. no longer sort of nine to five I think children do miss out and and you know the, there are more children in like you say after school clubs I mean in our school we get kids being dropped off at seven o'clock not being picked up till six o'clock at night and you're just thinking, you know, is that the way we want them to be? So again, another positive is like that. Maybe they've spent more yeah. time with children and yeah, because people are sort of working, you know, and you need to work to earn money. Yeah. But then, then you're paying the money on all the childcare. So I mean, <laughs> but then you need to work for your mental happiness. And you know, the thing is, is that I do think there's this real thing of when people work from home people don't think they're actually working and it's so annoying like your wife will really relate to this people think oh you that you've just you know you're just sort of dossing about doing nothing and actually I think workplaces have learned during lockdown that actually you can be way more productive working from home you're not wasting time on that commute you know and actually 
officers can all benefit from letting people work home a couple of days a week. And then they won't, you know, you can hot desk the other days if you're going into the office, you need to go in for meetings or whatever. You won't need to pay so much rent on office space, you know, and, you know, to capitalist landlords or whatever, you know, every, these sort of keeping it simple can stop also the terrible inequality yeah, that yeah. we have. Um, because the more complex things get, the more inequality spreads because the rich just get super rich and these billionaires can buy more boats and more because there's nothing more to do with your money really once you've got a certain level of living other yeah. than to squander it yeah, yeah. or reinvest it in more business to make yourself even more rich if yeah, you see yeah. what i mean surely it's yeah, better yeah. to sort of read to spread the love and redistribute and wouldn't you rather live in a society where everything's nice for everyone rather than like oh that's the run down neighborhoods and that's you know and that's oh don't go that's the rough part of town or whatever wouldn't yeah. it be good if everywhere was just nice and we had a mix you know a mix of people is what makes people empathetic, being to relate to people from all different backgrounds and circumstances. And if everyone had empathy, we'd be, feel that we can mix outside of our social groups a lot more, mm. rather than just having to be with your carbon copy friends that are your tribe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I and I think there was more of that back in the day. Maybe I've got rose tinted glasses, but, you know, I think now things seem to be much more boxed. Mm. and categorized yeah no i completely agree and uh, well the next question obviously you're married to to charlie who most people mm. is the creator <laughs> that's an interesting mm. <laughs> that lockdown uh, coming out there <laughs> <laughs> um yeah most people know him from from sort of black mirror and mm. i don't know if many people know you you co-wrote one of the episodes one of the early episodes, yeah right yeah so how does writing a show like that differ from the process of writing a children's book? I imagine it, it is quite different, but what was it like? How's it? You know, writing is all about sort of je or getting jeopardy and people wanting to know the end of the story. So weirdly, you know, it's writing something good is more similar than you'd think, even if it's a different genre. Yeah, because it's all about people wanting a people relating to the you know I think it's really important for people and there are stuff where you don't like the characters but most people prefer stuff where you can relate to the characters or you like the characters in some way and then also you want to know what happens next that's yeah. the secret whether it's a kid's book or you know Black Mirror or whatever and what is interesting is you know Black Mirror extrapolates things to the extreme it mm. takes a scenario which is a scenario that you might get in everyday life and then looks at what could happen some years down the line, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's what Cookie does, funnily enough. She extrapolates <laughs> everything to the extreme, you know, and it's looking at the absurd in everyday life, I guess, and sort of putting it on steroids, you could yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but, you know, uh, a lot of what was sort of, seemed quite futuristic in early Black Mirror is sort of happening as we speak, because that's how fast we're progressing in society. Lots of people said about coronavirus, like, is this a Black Mirror? You yeah, know, yeah. Um, yeah. because we used to, as human beings, just be sort of hunter-gatherers that didn't change much for millions of years. But with every little bit of progress, 
the next bit of progress leads to 10 more bits of progress leads to 10 more bits of progress such that the rate of progress is now exponential and so I remember growing up thinking oh my god you know we live in such futuristic times what could possibly happen in my lifetime now you know will people go and live on Mars or whatever but so much has happened you know like we're zooming now and you know we're talking about phones where you have to flipping be wired to a wall to speak to people you know everything is just going so fast it's bonkers yeah and i mean it has been huge hugely successful uh but it does feel like the last year has almost been sort of a, an episode of that program um i like you said there though about how certain things from the show are almost <laughs> happening. My funniest example is, I think it's the first episode where the Prime mm. Minister... Oh, yeah. And then... The that, yeah, the pig. And then that story came out <laughs> about David yeah, no. Cameron. I mean, so that... much stuff. Yeah, and even when Donald Trump came into power, there's one where the um, there's a cartoon character that becomes a politician. Yeah, and everyone yeah. was like, oh, my God, this is Donald Trump. You know, so there are loads of things you know, that have sort of happened to some extent. There's whole websites dedicated to pointing out the similarities. But yeah, it's it's a strange one. Yeah. I mean, what 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 was the one what uh, is there any episode of that program which sort of does scare you if it was to come true? Like what's the one that sort of you fear the most if it was to come, you know, come true? I think for me, I mean, there's loads of them, but that one where mm. it's all about your, your rating, where you get rated based on how you interact with other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that whether... kind of is sort of happening. So in yeah. China, yeah. they have a credit system. So a point system, which they're trialling at the moment, but they're hoping to make it compulsory. So every Chinese citizen is rated on stuff for instance their purchases their purchasing habits whether they turned up late to the doctors you know the state can see their preferences and how they're living their lives people get points for being a responsible citizen and points deducted for not and then basically if your points fall below a certain level you're not allowed a flight or you can't travel on a train it's bonkers and that's actually happening in china that's reality i really hope and they, that, that doesn't it, it, at the moment it. it's an opt-in system but they want yeah. to make it compulsory so scary. yeah scary yeah. times all around really i feel um, like if that came in over here i wouldn't leave the house <laughs> i'd be judged i'd be judged terribly yeah yeah, yeah. Really low. <laughs> but you know we do live as we said before we're already subtly in a judgment society well that's what you i mean know. i think that episode I was like, this is sort of already here with yeah. the way you are perceived to be higher in society, maybe based on the amount of followers you've got or, you know, that what we were sort of talking about before. And it is, it's scary. It's a scary prospect. Mm. Yeah, it, it totally is. Yeah. Um, so a couple more questions and then we'll wrap everything up. I mean, we've got to ask uh, what you were like at school. Did you, did you enjoy school? Was it a, a positive experience for you? I was one of these that sort of like certain teachers got me and certain teachers didn't. So certain teachers would just think I can't focus and that I'm, you know, sort of a bit annoying, I guess. (laughs) Um, uh, You know, and other teachers sort of saw that I had potential, you know. So I got predicted terrible grades after my mock A levels. Um, but then my head of sixth form helped adjust my grades. And then I got into my first choice university and went and, you know, often did 
why I was applying for engineering at the time. I did economics in the end. Um, but I think I was pretty conscientious. I'm good at cramming, good yeah. at exams and, you know, but not good at working consistently. I'm quite impatient. Right. So I just want to do things in the now. I can't be bothered with lots of sort of preamble and fuss. Um, <laughs> so that's what got me through school, I guess, being able to cram. Cram everything in. But isn't it interesting how people work in different ways? Yeah, we have an education system so fixed in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what were your favourite subjects at school? And, and was it was it science, like you said before? Was that your favourite or? I think I like drama best. Yeah. I really drama um, and art. I enjoyed, but yeah. I also enjoyed maths. So yeah. And was it a particular teacher, or was it the content of the subject that you liked? I think the content, but teachers can help definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, content probably. Was, was there any particular teacher that, you know, still had a huge impact on you today? I guess the teacher that helped me to get into uni um, and, you know, all of them you take little bits from. Yeah. So it is important. You know, a teacher can make or break a subject for a kid. A teacher can change the course of a child's life because, you know, there's primary years where they're shaping and forming and that's the adults you'll become. By secondary school, you're done. By your 20s, you're so fixed that by your 30s, you need therapy to undo it all. So if you can make sure that all the right values are instilled in kids in the primary years, then the future is bright. And that means they need empathy. You know, yeah. really, the world would be a better place if everyone had liberal doses of empathy. Yeah. So, I mean, is that from what you know of our education system, is there anything that you'd, you'd change? Like if you were made ed educational secretary? I'd say, you know, and they do do PSHE and stuff, but sort of, you know, a real focus on, you know, not material things and not, you know, on empathy, I guess. That's what it all boils down to, you know. Mm. It's great that we've got all these climate change kids and eco campaigners, because if they have that with them now, They'll take that with them through life and they won't be the ones that want more and more and are greedy because that greed thing, the downside of it is, is that it's killing our planet. You know, yeah. the consumerism, the wanting more, the doing more, the carbon footprint, all of that stuff. If we just streamline and keep it all simple, you know, we'll be not only saving our planet, but we'll be happier people for it. Yeah. And, you know, that is the secret. And if we can get kids all thinking like this, I only think like this because this is, you know, my parents' values. You know, they came from Bangladesh. We've always been told not to waste stuff, to value everything, you know, yeah. to not treat stuff as disposable. Uh, and, you know, you do take those things with you mm. through life. Mm. Yeah. And the, and the last question that we always ask everyone mm. is... Um, mm. If you could go back and speak to your 10-year-old self, what advice would you give? Happiness comes from helping each other, not helping yourself. Oh, interesting. I like that one. That's good. I thought he was going to get, get a push-button phone living in Ealing, but... Ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're a thing of the past. Who, who, who even has a landline now? I don't. No. No, so, but I like that. That's a great piece of advice, though. Yeah, that, that's a that's 
It's one of the best lines we've had that for that yeah. question, isn't it? Happiness comes from helping other people, not yourself. Well, by helping other people, it sort of helps you, doesn't it, really? That's exactly it. And that is real happiness, really. Yeah. You get a real long-term happiness because they'll give it back to you. It's a, you know, it's a sort of mutual symbiosis. But if you help your friends, they'll help you back. They'll be there for you when you're down. They'll pick you up, so on and so forth. Um, whereas if you're just helping yourself, yeah, you might have the big house and the whatever, but without really good friends, you'll be lonely in it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And with friends that only like you for the big house, then you'll just be forever keeping up, mm. you know? That pretense. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Brill, what a lovely uh, message to end the interview on. Um, Thank so you. So I was going to ask, where can people find you? But if you're not on social media. I am on Twitter, but All right, um, okay. my book publishers do a lot of that and uh, the tweeting. But I do look at it uh, every now and again. And I yeah. do message things out every now and again. But sometimes it will be weeks and sometimes <laughs> it will be days. Yeah. <laughs> and is there uh, anything exciting in the pipeline? Is there any other news that you you want to promote or three will be coming out cookie right. book three uh, later in the year yeah. um so yeah book one as i said is sort of the overview of the world um uh the setup of cookie and her life book two is climate change book three will be to do with coding and problem solving and puzzle oh, yeah yeah oh super keep my eye out for that one well, thank you very, very much. We will uh, we will leave you now to your weekend with your little ones. Um, but no, I really, really appreciate the chat. It's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so, so much. And uh, yeah, take care. Thank you. See you. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Thanks. Bye.